0: We have a lot of help, and um, they're amazing. Here and there, um, Apostle and I book ourselves for an early, early flight. We rise before the sun, and it is dark as it is now. And every time we book ourselves for these early, early flights, I, I just ask myself the same thing every time. Why? Why did we pick this flight? And um, the people who who help us out, whole team of people, they are so gracious and they're there and they're knocking on the door and they're making sure we're awake or at least trying, okay? They're calling, they're, you know, trying not to wake up the whole house, but trying to make sure we get out of it. And um, they always greet us, good morning, apostles. And I always say, it's a morning. You know, I don't know if it's a good one, but it, it definitely is one. And I can, can barely get out a, a word. But it's funny because as we get on the road and the sun begins to rise, there's something about your mood that just changes with the beauty of the sun rising in the morning. It's almost like promise just begins to rise up over the freeway. And you remember that his mercies are so new every morning. And we're so excited to see the new things that God will do. And even as our countenance changes, that promise is the promise that we celebrate today. But the sun can only be seen if you actually open up your eyes to see it. If you actually believe that it's a new day, many of us, we see the sunrise, but we're living in yesterday. You know that yesterday is gone and you see the sun rising, but you refuse to walk in the new day, but it's a decision. And I like to call it the sunrise faith. It's something about knowing that as I lay down with no question in my mind, I know that the sun will rise. That's the same promise that we live in. I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Some of us think sunrise faith is committing to come to this service and just believing your eyelids would open. But I'm talking about the surety in knowing the power of the resurrection. Not just exists, but that it lives inside of us. And Mark 16 verse 1, thank you guys. um, It reads, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. And very early on, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? So even though the sun had risen, they already had anxiety about what was to come. And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee there you will see him just as he told you trembling and bewildered the women went out and fled from the tomb they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid now I don't know about you but where I am from when people go away and come back we are prepared to receive them back All right? Okay. Pookie goes to jail we have him what? A coming home party. Okay. All right. Hello. I'm just saying we celebrate the saints when they, when they return to be with us where I'm from, you know? Okay. Maybe where you're from, they go to college, right? We celebrate their return. Okay. We got a couple of those too. You know, it's this like a mix, you know, Uh, people have a long hospital stay. What do we do? We celebrate their, we celebrate their return. So I don't know about you, but if I was Jesus, I would expect that there would be people waiting there to celebrate my return. So, I told them that I was leaving, but I also told them that I was coming back. And so, my first words would have been, where are everybody at? Like, where my welcome party? Where are my balloons? Where's the band? At least give me a donkey saddled up. I mean, do something. To celebrate my return. But the Bible tells us that on that very first Easter, no one was there to welcome Jesus back from the dead. And Mark's version of the gospel telling because told several times. But in Mark's version of this gospel telling, it tells us that the three women went to the tomb early on Sunday morning. But did you hear the reason why they went? It says they went to anoint his dead body with burial spices, not to greet him as risen Lord. So what you're witnessing here is a display of love. It's a display of deep devotion, but it was the adoration of a dead Christ, not the revelation of a risen Christ, not what we believe to be the true Christian faith I propose to you that there's been many Easter's and when you see it on your calendar you are filled with hope you are filled with love you are filled with devotion but yet we act as those who are celebrating a dead Christ and not one who has actually risen inside of us and so we're excited to go but we have our burial spices in hand Not one of the disciples were actually expecting Jesus to be raised from the dead. And if they were expecting it, then why weren't they anticipating it? Anything that you're not anticipating, you're not actually expecting. So that means that when you allow for despair to overcome you, for disappointment to overcome you, for anxiety about what's to come, even though you see the sun rising, I propose to you that you are celebrating the dead Christ and not the risen savior. In chapter 16, verse 11, it says something. um, We keep reading on. It says they would not believe. And they're talking about the women and their concern to go and tell this news. And then in verse 13, when it's told the first time, it confirms that fear in verse 11 and it says they did not believe and then when you keep reading in verse 14 it says and they had not believed and so this is pointed out several times and funny thing about mark is he leaves out all kind of details of this story So if you read it in the different books, Mark is, you know, he's uh, he's not very generous with his words. Okay, so he is telling like the edited, edited version of it. But this is what he selects to include in his version of the story was their unbelief, their unbelief, their unbelief, their unbelief, their unbelief, their unbelief. And while yet they're going here, then they are not believing. Why is this important? Because it puts us side by side with the disciples. And it says they weren't so different that from what we are. And it says most of us, we come in and we are celebrating this risen Savior. But Easter is just as dead to us as it is as it appears on those calendars. Wow. And the same way that it sits on that calendar and the same way that it comes and it goes, we have allowed the revelation of the risen Savior to come and go. We have celebrated with spices, but we never actually expected him to do what he said he was going to do. We never actually expected him to keep his promise. We thought that it was nice. We enjoyed our time with him, but our level of expectation was so low through the ground that we were ready to put the spices on his body just the same as those who crucified him. How many of you have been living a life where your expectations are so low that even when sunrise comes, you are in denial that the cycle of the midnight hour has actually ended. Yet you have been granted a brand New day, and as the sun rose, the sun was risen. The belief that Jesus Christ is alive today is a is the most powerful revelation that we could possibly have. But when we actually grasp that revelation, we hold on to the hope. When we grasp that revelation, we hold on to the knowing that not only was this a model for us, not only was this a story for us, but it's a way of life. This is literally something that he's bringing us into the story. And he's trying to infuse hope within us. The very way that he came, the very way that he lived, the very way that he died, the very way that he rose again, he did it in a way where he tried to put himself so close to the position that you are in every single day. Why? Because he wanted you to see yourself as that same risen lowercase king. He wanted you to see yourself living through dead situations and coming to life again. He wanted you to see yourself as the resurrected ones. He wanted you to see the power of the blood. And he wanted you to see it through a life and a revelation of hope and love. But these women, they look for the familiar version of Jesus. They look for the version of Jesus that they were used to. They look for the version of Jesus that they were comfortable with. They look for the version of Jesus that actually was called a sunset faith. You guys ever been to a funeral where they put on the on the little cover? They put sunrise and sunset. Why? Because the sunrise is the celebration of when that person came into the earth. And then the sunset, set so when they put, you know, when that person transitioned from this earth. And so we know the concept of the sun rising and the concept of the sun setting. And so as these women were looking for that familiar version um, of Jesus that they knew from, from the past, they were wracked with fear. Even in coming to the knowledge that what he said was going to happen, they didn't even have to wonder anymore. So, yeah, they left their house with the spices, but when they got there, they didn't even have to wonder anymore. But yet they stood there and trembled in fear in the face of the promise. So the promise not only was told to them, now the promise was standing in front of them. Now the promise was looking at them. And even in the face of hope itself, they trembled with fear, not to the point of telling it, but to the point of silence. How many promises have you been silent about? How many times have you stood in the face of hope with the stone rolled away and still couldn't open up your mouth and declare that he has risen, he is alive, he continues to rise, and he is the fulfiller of his word. They knew how hard it would be, so much so they were worried about rolling the stone away. And sometimes we think that uh, if he would do it for us, we're going to praise and we're going to be excited when it actually happens. But so many of us, we've talked ourselves out of the revelation of the promise and that he is the promise keeper, that even in the face of it, we second guess what it is that he has told us. When we become defeated by disappointment, When we become defeated by fear, you have lost hold of your revelation of the resurrection. And we may say that we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, but it is a belief that is a mere idea in your head. It is a concept. It is something that you heard about, but it's not something that you actually believe. The two Marys, Salome, Their journey to faith, it didn't begin here. It began at the cross. Mark also points out something extremely important here. And in his telling of the story, he points out that after everyone else was gone, that these same three women were the last three to stand there and see him hanging up on that cross. So even when the men got squeamish, When the water started running, they was like, deuce, he's gone. That's that's it, y'all. Dry your your tears. Come on, let's go. (laughs) They stood there. And so they became more acquainted with death than they could with life. And so they had seen their darkest hours. And their connection with their darkest hour made them become disconnected from their brightest day. And we've become those who are more acquainted with death and the things going wrong than we are with things going right. we will revel in the sunset but we can't celebrate when it's time for the sun to rise how many times will you allow yourself to cry but you won't let him teach you how to hope and so as they've cried and they've cried and they've cried and they've cried I don't care how long the night may seem to you when we look at the analog clock we know that eventually that night is coming to an end and we know if we look at the analog clock. And if we stare outside of that window long enough, there is never a question in our mind that the sun will rise. We will wait and we will wait and we will wait. Why? Because we trust more in the universe than we trust in God. We think that the universe will tilt on its axis and expand extremely eventually will let us see the sun however we don't have that same courage that same faith that same hope in knowing that the sun s-o-n will rise in your situation and so we become those who are wracked with darkness we become those who are wracked with sunsets death death after death after death after death after death after death after death and somehow we get so confused that we think he would actually leave us in the sunset and would never give us a sunrise. It may be a failed relationship. It may be a dream that never came true. It may be a death, a natural death that you've experienced around you, whether recent or long ago. It may be a hope that you know at this point in your life that season has passed. It may be that there is something that is standing right in front of you that you've sown seeds into that you've plowed and it still looks nothing like what it's supposed to look like. We have experienced death. We are experiencing death but do not let yourself be settled in the sunset because as surely as the sun will rise, the sun has risen. You have a resurrection power living on the inside of you. And to deny that resurrection power that's living on the inside of you is to deny that the sun ever rose. And as we look at Mark chapter 16 and we see these three Marys, there's an important lesson that we need to learn. As the men walked away, as the women stayed, As we saw the sunset, but we knew the full promise. It's not about denying the reality of death. They were there for the death. It's not about denying the suffering. They were there for the suffering. Because sometimes we think that resurrection power means ignoring the actual death. Well, no. There can't be a resurrection without a death. There can't be a death without suffering. There can't be suffering without actual pain. And so it's not about denying the experience because that experience was extremely real to them. Yesterday, as we told the Easter story at the Easter extravaganza, uh, we had the students and the kids, they volunteered to help tell the story. One of the little boys after the story he tells me that story made me very sad. So even though he sat there and we made it all the way to 12 and I thought i celebrated, I, you I know, had a little, little more joy when I got to that part. And I thought I told it in a way that all would experience that resurrection and hope that I thought I told it with. But it doesn't matter how many times you're told the story until you actually have a revelation. And I got down and I told that boy, I said, you don't have to be sad because the truth is that we would prefer for him to live right here in our heart than we would for him to walk the earth with us. And the reason why he did die on the cross is so that he would never actually have to leave you and so as he lives in our heart We have to be those that don't spend 20 years, 25 years, 35 years hearing this story and walking away sad. But we walk away with hope. We don't hear this story and feel bad. But we hear this story and rejoice. We don't hear this story and reminisce about death. But we hear this story and we uh, we reminisce about the sun rising. We don't mourn the sun setting. Why? Because we know that the sun will come. Again, people talk about moving past death. People talk about moving past um, uh, their loved ones leaving this earth. But the only way that you can really move past it is when you move from this mourning state into a state of hope. And I, I mean, you know, I believe in it celebration of life and everything like that. But people have changed funerals um, because they want to craft it a lot of times in a way where it's not sad at all. You've seen it before. And so people are like, oh no, I don't want nobody crying. We're not even going to put out all them tissue. By. We're not even going to do all that. It's a celebration of life. Well, amen. But you cannot celebrate life without acknowledging the death. So they're still dead and gone. We're going to shed our tears. But it is delusional. To think that we can celebrate in life without acknowledging the death. What he's telling you, though, is that even in that death comes new life. And so you don't have to mourn as those without hope. But you can mourn because you got a promise. You can dance because you got a promise. You can praise because you got a promise. You can leap because you got a promise. You're not dancing because you never lost anything. You're not praising because you didn't lose anything. You're not lifting your hands because you didn't lose anything. But you are praising in the promise. You're praising in the sunrise. Not because I'm denying that the sun ever set. But I'm going to praise because the sun has risen. I'm going to praise because He He's rising every day. I'm going to praise because he's rising in my family. I'm going to praise because he's rising in my finances. I'm going to praise because he's rising in my mindset. I'm going to praise because he's rising in my relationships. I'm going to praise because he's rising in my heart. And it has nothing to do with denying the things that you have lost. and the things that you have lost, they matter. They are relevant. They are real. They are not to be overshadowed, but I want you to take all those broken pieces. I want you to take all those mourning clothes. I want you to take all those death and burial spices. I want you to take all that and bottle it up and wrap it up and tie it in a bow and call that bow hope. I want you to call that bow hope. I want you to believe again, and I want you to know that for every death, there is a resurrection. I want you to know that for every Everything you lost, there will be a sunrise. I want you to know that for every disappointed, he is the lifter up of your head. And so we do not have to be as those who mourn without hope. I know people who watch The Passion of Christ, blessings for that movie. Blessings. But how real is it to you Is it real enough for you to cry at the movies? Is it real enough for you to be so sad? For you to be so appreciative of what he, oh my Jesus just touched me. But yet you waste that death every day. You waste every drop of blood. When you think that he can't forgive you when you think that he can't get over your sin when you think that he doesn't have a plan for you When you think that he doesn't have a promise for you, when you question if he'll actually do what he said he was going to do, then you just wasted your tears. You just wasted his blood. You just wasted his death. You just wasted that whole walk with that cross on his back. There's no point in you crying over the sacrifice that he made for you if you don't plan on doing anything with the sacrifice that he made for you. And so I'm not just going to cry because he died, but I'm going to sell and I'm gonna wake up every Day like this is my resurrection Day this is my Resurrection Sunday this is My resurrection Monday This is my resurrection Tuesday This is my resurrection Wednesday this is my resurrection Thursday this is my Resurrection Friday this Is my resurrection Saturday And when the sun rises again This is my resurrection Sunday because I live a lifestyle Of a resurrection he's a resurrecting me every day. He's resurrecting me every day. He's renewing my mind. He's renewing my heart. He's renewing my commitment. And so I don't cry just because he went to the cross and it makes me sad. But I realized that in order for the sun to rise, the sun had to set. And so I appreciate your sacrifice, Jesus. I appreciate your sacrifice. But because you sacrifice for me, I refuse to just sit here and cry. I refuse to just sit here and watch the movie. I refuse to just sit here and be sad. I refuse to just sit here and be moved by the pictures. I refuse to just sit here and be moved by the scripture. But I am committed. I am persuaded. I am convinced. I've made a resolve that I will live a life of resurrection. Resurrection power lives inside of me. So everything I touch, though it may die, it will rise again. And everything inside of me that he's promised, it will manifest. They could have rolled over. Some people committed to coming at 5 a.m. service, and when the alarm went off, they rolled over. When the alarm went off, they closed their eyes. And they decided that today is not my day for a sunrise. (laughs) The ladies could have decided that that was not their day for a sunrise. And so they wanted to make sure that even though they didn't have a full revelation of the sunrise faith, they had a partial revelation But how many of you know that that's all you need as long as you take it and act on it? So they had burial spices in hand, but you know what they still did? They still got up. They still got dressed. They still went to the meeting place. They still went to the location. I don't care where you are in your journey of sunrise faith. Maybe you got just a little bit of hope. Maybe you still got a little bit of worry. You still got a little bit of concern. You still got a little bit of anxiety. They had it too. They had a little peace because they brought their spices. I'm telling you, they had their spices. So they went, but they they was like either way. You know what I mean? Like he, you know, he may have got up. He may have not got up. We're not really sure. We're going to go see. And so they opened their eyes. God is calling you to actually open your eyes. Just respond. Just give a little. Just give a little bit of hope. Just like just act on a little the the little bit of encouragement that you got. You you might be carrying a bag of discouragement too. Just a little bit. But as you act on that piece of belief. The Bible says, help my unbelief. If you got enough left in you to ask for help, that's enough. Sunrise faith is not about having it all together. It's just about having a knowing not wasting what he did or feeling so bad that he did it for me and now I feel even worse because he did all that for me and now I'm wa- no don't even allow yourself to go that far help my unbelief spices in hand trembling with hope some may ask who's afraid of hope we can be they were fine with the death They saw it. They experienced it. It was real to them. How much more real will you allow the sunrise to be? I know you saw the sunset. I know. I know you felt like it was the darkest night. But I guarantee you, the sun will rise. I don't care what you've accepted in past seasons. I don't care what your track record has been. But come on, you've allowed yourself to learn to cry. Why not allow yourself to learn to hope? You were fine with crying. Come on and be fine with hoping. Come on and be fine with believing again. It doesn't make your tears irrelevant. It makes your tears worth it. It doesn't make your tears unreal. It makes your tears more real than they could have ever been. And now we live in the harvest of those tears. And now we live in the harvest of that sunset. Sunrise faith is for everybody who has something they want to accomplish. Sunrise face, it, it, faith, faith, it literally thrives on the idea that the divinity has planted the seeds of all of our aspirations rooted in him and that grace has everything we need to bring them to fruition. Sunrise faith is not perfection, but sunrise faith, it stands boldly to proclaim that even in my darkest hour, nothing will rob me of the revelation of the sun rising nothing will rob me of the promise no mistake I've ever made not even a bit of unbelief but spices in hand I will believe again stand with me sunrise faith It takes it a step further and it declares, it declares that not only will I believe, but my belief will line up with my actions and therefore my mouth will line up with my actions because I can't have a sunrise mindset and a sunset mouth. I can't have a sunrise mouth and a sunset ear because what I say out of my mouth gets canceled by what I'm listening to. I can't speak life and listen to death. I can't think life and speak death. But everything must align with what I'm stepping into because one day I will be met with frustration. One day... I will be met with a sunset, but there is the dawning of a new day. There is a manifestation of our faith. We sing great is thy faithfulness. He is my faithfulness. I will do my best and I will walk into the light and I will run from darkness. Because I know that it is temporary. Would you allow me to pray with you? God, we thank you. We thank you for the promise of the cross. We thank thank you for coming. We thank you for living. We thank you for dying, and we will not waste your sacrifice. We will not exalt ourselves above your resurrection. We will not speak death upon ourselves or anything we touch. Why? Because that is out of alignment with you. You called us righteous. You called us made in the image of you. You said we had a plan. You said we were beautifully and wonderfully made. You said that you loved us. You said that we were your friend. You said that we were the work of your hands. You said it, God. And because you said it, we believe it. And we don't diminish your sunset. But the way that we do that is stand and know that the sun will rise. And now we humble ourselves. We get low right here in your presence. And we recommit to hope. We recommit to promise. We recommit to faith. We recommit to tell hell no when it curses and comes against what you've spoken over us. We recommit to keep on running. We recommit to keep on going. We recommit to keep on opening our eyes and showing up. Spices in hand, oh God. We recommit to hope today and we praise you in hope. We praise you in faith. Come on and praise Him in hope. Come on and praise Him in faith. Come on and praise him in belief. Come on and praise him. He's the promise keeper. Come on and praise him like he's a promise keeper. We praise you, O God. We praise you for your written word. We praise you for your prophetic word. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. We won't let this praise be overshadowed by death. We won't let this praise be overshadowed by a sunset, but we say as the sun arises, so will my life. As the sun arises, so will my family. As the sun arises, so will my faith. As the sun arises, so will my purpose. As the sun arises, so will your plan. And let your plan be established in the earth. Let your plan be established in the earth. Let your plan be established in the earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Oh God, we thank you for your sacrifice. Oh God, we praise you for your sacrifice. Oh God, we give you resurrection praise for resurrection power. Hey, 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 hey. Hallelujah. 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 We bless your name, Jesus. God, your name is great and greatly to be praised. Oh, we bless your name. Great is your name. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your sacrifice. Great is your lordship. Great is your kingship. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Never will we forget. Never will we forget. Never will we forget. Never will we take for granted. But we meet your sacrifice. And we raise your sacrifice a praise. We meet your sacrifice and we'll take on your challenge of sacrifice and we'll meet you with a life of sacrifice. We'll take your sacrifice and we'll meet you with a life of believing without end. We'll meet you with a life of pursuing purpose without end. I don't care what we face but the sun is rising. The sun is rising. The sun is rising. The sun is rising. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless your name. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we praise you. You are a faithful God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.